I feel like we should just start this episode out with everybody just taking a big exhale and, and patting <laughs> ourselves on the back. And we did it, you guys. We survived four days of racing or sitting, wow. I should say, at Texas. We survived. Eddie Gossage survived. He was on Twitter, so we know that he is he is active. Um, wow. We pulled it off, though. Heck yeah. of a weekend. <laughs> just don't go up to any driver in the Cup Series and mention the word missed. Yeah, no, that is a four-letter word. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Good for Eddie and good for NASCAR. Persistence pays off. Mm -hmm. Oh, my. Those guys, you know, it's uh, a couple of the guys said, if I stay here one more day, I'm going to have to vote in Texas. You know, I'm going <laughs> to – and, and, by the way, uh, we kept telling everybody that Kyle Busch was going to pull it off. He was not going to go winless on the season. And you kept asking me, and I said, he's going to win. <laughs> yes, you're running out of chances, Dad. I said, no. I mean, nobody knew, of course, but, uh, and, and so I'm thrilled that they got it in. And have you seen a happier Kyle Bush in, in a Oh, long my gosh. I know. I can't wait to talk about that, honestly, because yeah. we were texting, which I thought was so funny. I mean, you texted me like, not 10 minutes after victory lane. Like, he did it. I told you he would. Like, that was, <laughs> I was like, I, I was in the control room. I was like, my dad is texting me the I told you so's already, you know. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, I, honestly, and you talked about uh, the guys joking about having to vote. I don't know if, if, it, if anyone was on Twitter. I was on Twitter the entire four days, you know, looking for updates. The the drivers were so funny sitting in their cars in the infield. <laughs> Matt Benedetto tweeted something about, um, it, you know, he said, I'm officially changing. If you need me, my new residence is Texas Motor Speedway. Send all fan mail there. And Corey LaJoy was giving uh, missed updates. I mean, it really was it, for yeah. a long four days. They made, they made some fun of it. Clint Boyer, I think was having conversations with Southwest airlines on Twitter. I mean, we really just <laughs> made our own fun. So, so, yes, tough yeah. four days, but it ended, of course, with Kyle Busch pulling one off. And, uh, you know, it was, it was an exciting day for Kyle Busch, because I agree. I, I think he, the big joke is that he celebrated that Texas win more than he celebrated his 2018 championship. Oh, oh my gosh. Can you believe that, Jess? Uh, I mean, and he, he, was, he was so funny. He even forgot to bow. And they said, what about the bow? And he goes, he said, it's been so long since I've done this. And like, you know, made the joke about that. Oh, he just stretches back but... out so he can bow. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, right? He needs to practice. He forgot how to do it. But no, exciting, exciting day for Kyle Busch for sure. But we're going to recap Texas uh, per usual. And we had some big news come out. We're going to talk a little bit about some exciting 2021 plans out of the Hendrick camp yep, and Mr. Yep. Kyle Larson. And then, of course, we are headed to Martinsville where we will see the final cutoff race for all three series. Going to be an incredibly interesting weekend. I am very much looking forward to it. Um, but first, Dad, this is episode 25. So we currently don't have a full-time 25 in the Cup Series, but when I say the car number 25, who do you think of out of curiosity? Well, I, I, think, of, uh, I think of Pops Hendrick, who was Rick Hendrick's dad, and he was always listed as the owner of that number 25 car uh, that was um, in, the, in, the, in the Hendrick stable. Pops loved the fact that he was a part of that team, and you know, Rick did such a great job as a wonderful son, you know, making sure Pops was involved in the decision-making, et cetera. But I think of Kenny Schrader, uh, who could drive anything, anytime, anywhere, uh, driving a 25. I think of Tim Richmond driving that 25. Um, and uh, I think of Benny Parsons. So three people that I, that I really had considered to be friends, uh, had good relationships with. Uh, and I remember seeing each of them run really, really well in that 25 car and, and uh, for Rick Hendricks. So that's what I think about. 
Yeah, no, those are all, I mean, think about how many awesome people and how many notable names have been involved in that car number. And that's kind of why I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned, you know, Ken Schrader, he is the winningest driver in the 25. He has four wins in his 267 starts, which I thought was interesting. But a driver who has the most starts in the 25 is a driver named Jabe Thomas, who was a driver back in the late 60s and early 70s. He didn't have any wins, but he has 306 starts in the 25. So Jabe Thomas was known as the Clown Prince of NASCAR. Why are you the Clown Prince? Because Yeah, I'm curious. Yes, I knew I knew Jabe really well. He's from Christiansburg, Virginia, right near about about oh, probably 3 miles from Lane Stadium in Blacksburg where the Virginia Tech Hokies play. And oh, okay. his garage is right there, and he was funny, he was outgoing. He had a small garage, independent team. Uh, and he built maybe one new car a year and it was sort of new and sort of not. He took parts off another car. Um, <laughs> but he was so funny and so much fun to be around. Everyone loved having Jabe. And my favorite Jabe Thomas story is that he built a brand new car and uh, didn't get a chance to be able to run the gear in. So it was the night before he was to leave to Talladega, go to Talladega. He said, I got to get this gear run in here and get it all warmed up, make sure it's okay. Because when I get to Talladega, I'm not going to have time to change gears and I don't have another gear, but I have to find one somewhere so he waits till midnight and he backs the race car the winston cup car out of his out of his garage pulls down on an access road goes out on i-81 interstate 81 and he's tooling down the interstate in his cup car uh not going that fast he's wanted to run a couple miles and turn around and come back but then the the uh Virginia State Highway Patrol happened to notice the number of the stock car going by yeah <laughs> Pulled up behind him and Jade pulled over. Jade proceeded to tell the officers that, you know, if I wanted to outrun you, I could have put this thing in third or fourth gear and you would never Yeah, I didn't have to stop. Yeah. Police officer said, hey, Jade, I know who you are. Plus, I knew the number. (laughs) You you don't see me on the interstate that have a number on the side. Anyway, Jade, uh, he still got a ticket, but uh, he got to go to Talladega and he was fine. So that's just typical of Jade Thomas, the clown prince. His son, Ronnie, ran for rookie of the year later uh, and was also a good friend of mine. So. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. I had no idea. I just pulled that up and I thought that was interesting. I had no yeah. idea that you knew him. What an awesome story. I love that. Sounds like a driver with a lot of personality. Yeah. He was sort of a Clint Boyer back in the day, you know, that that's who it sounds everything. like. Yeah. 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 I mean, I can see Clint <laughs> doing that. Yeah. Oh, I could definitely see Clint doing that for sure. Yeah. All right, Dad. Well, let's um, unpack some of the action from Texas, starting with the truck series. I'm going to be pretty quick through this because we've already spent enough time in Texas, it feels like. So yep. uh, two GMS drivers are now filling out the championship four. We saw Brett Moffitt win last week, and now Sheldon Creed, with the help of Brett Moffitt, took the win this week. Um I do want to give kind of an honorable mention to a third GMS driver, Zane Smith. He had a phenomenal run this weekend, uh, still in the running there for the playoffs. He's finished uh, third this weekend and is sitting third in the playoff standings right now. So incredible showing from GMS. Looking forward to seeing what they do in this weekend in Martinsville. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, both those guys that have won very deserving. Um, and, um, you know, but, uh, and I'm like you, uh, every time I see Zane Smith or someone talks to him, I'm just impressed with the maturity of someone at, at his age in terms of how he responds to what happens to him and the fact he's such a good teammate. So, uh, yeah, yeah, kudos to him and that entire, you know, GMS team. So, uh, but there's still a four spot to be decided and in, in who gets to be uh, in that championship round in Phoenix. 
Hey, and interestingly enough, you know, as we just talk about GMS and you mentioned that that spot that's open. So Tyler Ankrum is, is another GMS driver still competing in the playoffs and he is for sure in a must win situation right now. He's sitting eighth, but we're going to Martinsville and he's not that bad at Martinsville. And you know, it's funny. I, I was, we were talking this week about Ankrum and Martinsville uh, on my show, the pace lap. And we did a feature with Tyler Martinsville was his first uh, truck series start. And he said, uh, after that race, we followed him around all weekend. We had him mic'd up. He was with DGR Crosley at the time. And after the race, he got out of the car, out of the truck, and he was so angry. He didn't even run that bad for, for a first truck series start, but he was so angry. And he was telling us afterwards, he's like, they just pushed me around. He was like, if I'd have known it was going to be like that, I'd have gone out there and been way more aggressive. And I just will never forget how angry it was. And so I always know Tyler going to Martinsville is 100% ready to push someone around because he <laughs> knows what it's like to get pushed around and he does yeah, not want to be yeah. that guy again. So hot yeah. take, but Ankrum, Ankrum could have a great weekend. So we'll have to see. All right, let's talk about the Xfinity series because, oh, that one was tough to watch. I mean, all right. Well, Harrison Burton, the rookie, gets his third win of the season, but he stole it, if you will, on the final lap of the race from Noah Gregson. I mean, Harrison Burton took the lead in, like, turn three of the final lap, and it was solely because of an error on Noah's part. He just missed his line. Um, kudos to Greg or to Burton for being there and being able to capitalize on that mistake. Um, you know, that's, that's not to be underestimated how important that was that he was there, but uh, Gregson was hurting after that one. We heard him in the post-race interview. I mean, he, everybody was a little, I think, overshadowed by the F-bomb that he had dropped on television. That was a bit, you know, controversial, but if you really didn't get past that, I mean, that hurt me listening to how upset he was. Yeah. Well, I mean, you basically, whatever happened, the car pushed, he missed the line on entry. Um, you know, Burton was coming, but he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to be able to, to, to pass him. He was going to catch him, but he wasn't going to pass him. Right. Um, but, but one mistake, that one mistake, it reminds me of how many times Dale Earnhardt lost the Daytona 500 on the last lap. You know, he cut a tire or had an issue. I mean, in turn three, and he would lose the Daytona 500 at least twice. I know of when everyone thought he was going to win it, and it just didn't happen. Obviously, as time came, but um, the thing with the thing with Noah is that that was his ticket. That was going to punch his ticket to Phoenix, and mm -hmm. he was going to be there with a chance to win a championship. And suddenly, you know, you just you just can't believe it. You just can't believe what happened. Now, obviously, among those who were totally surprised, Harrison Burton probably couldn't believe it either that, that he happened. He just kept the car, stayed in it and kept the car and made the pass. And, and I loved his dad, Jeff Burton's fist pumping upstairs in the booth. And I, that was hey, I, stood, beside, I stood beside Ned Jarrett all those years. And uh, there's nothing better than to watch a dad watch his son race, you know, when, you know, and standing there with Ned on one side of me and Kyle Petty on one side, when he was watching Adam, watching <laughs> the grin and the pride. Uh, and it was cool to see Jeff Burton uh, be able to enjoy that for Harrison. But uh, I felt for Noah, gosh, I mean, I know he, he slipped on a word there and, you know, you know, one word can Kyle Larson will tell you that one word can, can change your career, Definitely. but you know, I, I, the kid, you know, but he, yeah, I'm sure what he learned he, now that he's had time to think about what he learned in that final turn on that final lap, uh, we'll, we'll keep that from ever happening again for, for him.
Mm-hmm. I think one of the the neatest things I saw coming out of that was a photo that somebody tweeted of um, Justin Allgaier talking to Greg Sin after the race. Justin just kind of had him close talking to him. It was mentoring him in that moment. And um, I just thought that was kind of a really special thing to see because we all know Allgaier's just a very respectable guy. Um and if, but it's also a hard racer, and you know that as a teammate, that was an awesome opportunity for him to be able to to, to teach Gregson. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a hey hey I'm here for you, buddy. It, it was a teaching mm-hmm. moment. It was hey this happens. That's happened to all of us. Uh, so uh, you know, keep your chin up, and you know it, it's it's hard though. It's going to be hard for Noah uh, unless he can come back and somehow find a way to get get to victory lane in Martinsville. But it's going to be hard for him to go to Phoenix and maybe not be in it, knowing that that's how close he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he's uh, seventh now in the playoff standings, 24 points below the cut line. So, all right, let's talk about that cup race, four days worth of it. Uh, the yeah. joke coming out of that is that Clint Boyer, you know, led <laughs> led the longest amount of time of any driver this season. Yeah. Uh, but he did go four on days. to get that first stage win. So, hey, there you go, Clint. That was yeah. exciting. He led 72 hours and 28 minutes, yeah. 24 seconds, I think it was. So, yeah. Yeah, that that's great. wild. I love it. And you know he will not let anyone forget that, I'm sure, moving on. I'm yeah, sure we'll but, hear uh, that down the road. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we will not forget it. Um, well, Kyle Busch got the win, as we mentioned, led 90 laps and won stage two. It was kind of funny after he got that stage two win on the broadcast. I, they, they didn't mean to do this, I'm sure, but just the way it came off, they said um, – you know, stage two win for Cobblish. They said third stage win of the season. You know, tough season or unfortunate season for Kyle Bush this year. And it was just like in celebrating him, it was also reminding us that, you know, he still had a tough season. Oh so gosh, I just, exactly, you know, yeah. laughed thinking. I'm sure somebody said, Kyle, there's still there's still a doubt in you, man. So yeah. he just had to go out there and win that one. But that's like saying, What a great play, wasn't it, Mrs. Lincoln? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, we got a well, you know, been a tough evening for her. Tough. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, we already talked about it. The positives, you know, just say, you know, hey. For sure. The positives are his streak (laughs) continues and he does not have to uh, go the all the entire 2020 season without a win. Um, But, you know, interestingly enough, after the race, they were talking to uh, Adam Stevens and he said that he's unsure of his plans for 2021. So it's not confirmed that he's necessarily going to be back with Kyle next year. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Well, I I just think Kyle Busch is a smart, smart man. He's a great race car driver. And I think they won the championship a year ago with this team. I have tremendous respect for Adam Stevens. I watched him develop as a crew chief up to the ranks. And I think he's outstanding. Um, you know, I, I just there's a four or five people that I that I know personally that I think really, really are are just great at what they do, and he's one of them. And I think that when Kyle won that race, I, I, I watched his quote in his interview and went back and read it again online. Every sentence that he when he answered answered a question, he mentioned Adam Stevens. Mm-hmm. Adam, thank you to Adam. What a great job you guys did, Adam. You were so and so. I think Kyle. I don't know if he's recruiting him or what, if he's going back to recruit him so he doesn't enter the transfer portal. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, I think he's basically trying to make sure that Adam knows how much he's appreciated. Now, there have been some post-race comments before that we just couldn't get this right and that right and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and, and that's frustration from a driver. And, um, you know, but you still have a championship team and there's nothing that's changed there except we just having a down year. I remember, you know, I've seen lots of guys, you know, have down years and after dominating the year before. So Jeff Cordenby and Dale Earnhardt, Bill Elliott, et cetera. 
uh, and that was Kyle Busch this year. But he won, and Kyle went out and made sure he patted all those people on the back and said, hey, attaboy, great job, guys. Thank you so much. And I think hopefully Adam will stay put. Yeah, I, I hope so too. And I agree. I was very, uh, I was excited for Kyle. You know, it's sometimes you see him win, like we said, and it's, you're, you're not, it's not that you're not excited for him, but you know, he just, he just seems like he's been there, done that. And this was, you know, yeah. really nice to see him really enjoy it and take it all in. And as a fan, it was, it was good to see. Yeah. I mean, Adam, you look at the things that, you know, he, he drives, he, he, he's a crew chief for a guy that can win any, every, any and every Sunday in Kyle Bush. no matter where you are, Kyle's a contender to win. No matter what happens, Kyle's a contender to win. Yep. Or two, you've already won a championship. So you have nothing left to prove uh, except maybe winning another. Number three, you drive for one of the nicest guys in the sport. And there are a lot of those in terms of car owners, Joe Gibbs and whole mm -hmm. organization that Joe's put together. And number four is that you have a lifetime supply of M&Ms. I mean, so and <laughs> you cannot. Reason enough. Hey, and that's, that, that would do it for me, especially the dark chocolate ones. But uh, anyway, that's, that's, I, th I think those are the things not in that order that I, if I was Adam Stevens, I would think about the M&Ms, Show Gibbs Racing, can win any time in, in Kyle Busch. So those four things there would, would make it a, a slam dunk. Uh, have you tried the peanut butter M&Ms? Those are my favorite. I haven't. I haven't. Your other co-host, Mom, I think has tried mm -hmm. them and she loves them. She loves yes. them. Yes. Mom likes the peanut M&Ms, the yellow ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yellow does. bag. Mm -hmm. I, like I like the peanut them. butter. They, when when, when M&M and Mars first came into to racing, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> they would come to the broadcast booth and uh, they would bring the uh, coconut ones. And the dark Ooh. chocolate ones, which are my two favorites. Oh, yeah. That's you. That's why I hated for ESPN to lose the contracts. I knew I wasn't going to have M&Ms anymore. <laughs> that was really the big that deal. That was tough. Yeah, that was really tough for all of us, to be honest. <laughs> uh, the hazelnut ones are great, too. That's the teal oh, car that those. Kyle Busch ran. Oh, I had those, uh, again, like you said, <laughs> Mars had them at the racetrack. I tried those. They were so, so good. So, yeah, if I'm Adam Stevens, I'm definitely thinking about uh, that big component in, yeah. in returning to Joe Gibbs next season. And Skittles. I mean, he had Skittles on the car. Scary oh, well, Skittles of course. on the car for Texas. And, of course, Scary Texas, Scary Skittles. And so he wins it. So who knows, you know? Hey, which speaking of, we're going to see some more spooky paint schemes this weekend in Martinsville. I'm really excited about that as a big Halloween fan, you know? All right, Dad, uh, we mentioned it at the top of the show, and it is the biggest news of the week. Hendrick announced that in 2021, they will be bringing on Kyle Larson, uh, who was just, as we mentioned, reinstated to NASCAR last week. So gets reinstated one week, announces that he will be going to Hendrick the next week. And not only that, but he's going to be driving the number five. Chevy. So they're yeah. bringing back the number five. In recent years, we haven't seen it since, what was that, 2017 with Casey Kane? Um, but the five history goes way, right? way back. It does, Jesse. And in fact, that was the first car that Rick Hendrick put on the racetrack in 1983, 84, late 83, early 84. Uh, it was called, um, you know, All-Star Racing. It had a star mm -hmm. uh, and a little and paint, you know, lateral bars of paint on the side. It was number five. And Jeff Bodine was driving it. Um, and that was where Rick Hendrick started. He said, okay, I'm a used car salesman. Now I've got a Chevy dealership in Charlotte, City Chevrolet, so I'm going to have a race car. And um, he realized that uh, and racing is expensive, especially when you're paying all the bills out of your own pocket. So mm -hmm. uh, it was uh, 36 years ago, April of this year, so in 1984, April 1984, that, uh, that, that car went to Martinsville, and the word on the street was, 
that if they don't do really well in this race, they may have to close up shop because they don't have a sponsor and Rick's Rick's paying all the bills himself. Uh, like that scene in Days of Thunder where, you know, right. they, we boys, if we don't get something happening quick here, we, we, we're done because we don't have a sponsor and, and I can't carry this any. Anyway, that might have been kind of a last season. resort, last shot yeah. chance. So they go to Martinsville and Jeff Bodine wins a race. Wow. He wins a race in all-star racing, number five for Rick Hendrick. Uh, the next day, um, you know, Rick Hendrick, uh, the word is that Rick Hendrick and the team took that winner's trophy and went to Northwest Mutual Life and said, here, this is what we've done. <laughs> How would you like to sponsor a car and get your name out there in front of all these millions of fans? And they jumped on board. So there was a sponsorship there. And uh, still like that scene in days like, guys, guess what? We got ourselves a sponsor. You know, <laughs> It wasn't exactly like that, but um, Rick, Rick, Jeff got the win. Rick got the sponsorship and the rest is history. Rick Kendrick did not fold. Uh, he went on to, to be very, very successful and to expand that team today. So we're very thankful for that. Wow. <laughs> That's an awesome story. And it's like you said, it's crazy to think that the five went from, you know, being the potentially end of Hendrick Motorsports at the time to now look at we are in 2020. They're bringing it back with Kyle Larson, who, I mean, is going to come back clearly with just an, an entirely new I, I don't even know. I think Kyle Larson will come back bigger and, and better than ever, honestly. Well, I, I think, you know, and I think you look at his teammates, you know, the teammates he's got, you know, and Chase Elliott and William Byron, Alex Bowman um, and Kyle. But I think, you know, looking beyond the statement that came out this week, going back to what Kyle Larson said, Kyle Larson said when he said what he said and, and got let go, understandably, by Chip Ganassi and Chevy and all the sponsors, one of the first people to reach out to him was Rick Hendrick. They didn't talk racing. They didn't talk cars. They didn't talk jobs. They just talked about Kyle, about life, about things that are going to happen in life. And Rick Hendrick obviously has suffered through his, his, uh, his share of tragedy. Uh, mm -hmm. So he, they, they worked, they talked a lot like a father talking to a son, just like Rick talked to Dale Earnhardt Jr. When he lost his dad uh, and Dale Jr. Talked to Rick when he lost Ricky, but that relationship, you know, goes far beyond driving for this man or being, being one of his drivers. So Kyle said that meant more to me to help me when I couldn't have been any lower. And I feel like I had no one and nothing happening and the whole world had turned upside down and my career was over. Um, and when Rick, Rick was there for me. So now for Kyle to be able to get the opportunity to come back to NASCAR and to get in that five car, I think it's appropriate that Rick puts him back in that five car. That's where he started. And that car, that number means a lot to him. So putting him back in that five car, um, and you know, you've got to believe Kyle Larson is going to come in there and drive hit the wheels off that thing. And I think that, that approach you know, Rick understands that you put someone like Kyle in that car and they start winning, that's going to light a fire under everybody else. Not that they're not trying, but that makes a difference in that race team. Um, you know, Roger Penske knows how that works. You get one guy winning and everybody else is saying, well, hey, I got I to gotta get going here. I gotta, oh, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, don't, I don't see my name in any of those victories over there. And my teammates are winning, so they realize it isn't, it isn't equipment, you know. I got to get right. So I think I think that'll help. That will help. Hendrick organization more than just him winning. It'll help the whole organization. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and going, you know, back to something you said about when, when this all happened initially, it kind of was, goes back to something we talked about last week with the drivers being so welcoming to Kyle coming back into the sport and really opening it, welcoming him back with open arms. Uh, it's the same thing with Chevy. You know, the, the fact that they've been able to see what he's done in this time and that they want to bring him back as not only one of their drivers, but as you mentioned for Hendrick and to represent this, you know, return of the five car. I think that, you know, says a lot about Kyle and where he's at now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it, you know, he, he, if, if Kyle Larson had not said what he said, that word, you know, I'm not so sure that his career would be, would be going in this direction. And because I mm-hmm. think he had gotten complacent. I think he had gotten comfortable. I think he had lost some of that fire, some of that burning desire. Um, and I think that I firmly believe that, you know, that there's a higher power at work here and that, that there's a, everything happens for a reason. And even though he said something foolish and that should never have come out of his mouth and never mm-hmm. should have been in his vocabulary that happened now. And he is a different person. He's changed inside. He is, he's gone off in one races in the sprint cars. Yeah, he can do that. But, but I think he's really had a, a great education. It's made him open his eyes and see, okay, Hey, I, I understand now my stupidity, my ignorance, and I'm going to be a difference maker on the track and all. So not only does he went benefit and Hendrick benefits NASCAR and the whole sport benefits by this, this kind of Kyle Larson coming back. I could not agree more. Very, very well said. I'm looking forward to 2021. So many changes that we've already seen come out and still a lot to uh, sort out before the season even begins. So um, it's going to be an interesting off season. That's for sure. Wait, dad, say that again. What? NASCAR's William Byron is going to miss Sunday's race at Martinsville because of multiple COVID-19 positives in his pit crew. And I'm sure they do contact tracing. So uh, at this point, there's not information on whether he's one of the individuals that's positive, but he's obviously had contact with those guys in the picture. Yeah. So that's. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, guys, we just finished recording. We literally just pressed stop and then dad read that. So we pressed record and are going to just. That's crazy. Well, I need to read into that because like you said, we don't know yet, but all we know is that he won't won't be there. And Jesse, Does that obviously mean the, his team, his entire team probably won't be there? Well, that's what I'm saying. And here's the thing. Here's the thing that you have to worry a little bit about is these teams were forced to basically hunker down for three days in Texas. Okay. Oh. Two and a half hours, they were hunkered down in motorhomes and, and, and hotel rooms and trying to get to and from the racetrack. And, and, and then when the bad weather there and the rain, they had to go sit somewhere. So they probably were close together. And there, and that means that if there is some positives out there, how many other people, and let's mm-hmm. hope not, I don't want to speculate, but how many other right. people could be involved with contact racing? So, oh, my goodness. Um, so he will miss Sunday's race uh, at Martinsville. And That's tough. Wow. I didn't – and what? It's, it's Thursday. So that is quick news. Here's a question. Do, do you do like you did before when you go put, you know, Justin Allgaier in the car? Or do you call Kyle Larson? You can't call Kyle Larson yet. You can't what? yet. Because he hasn't been – he won't – his reinstatement doesn't technically come through until January 1st. Who, who 
<laughs> yeah, right. Technicalities aside, yeah, we'll, it's, forget, it's, uh, forget the rules for the feel good story. I mean, you've got sponsorship commitments. I'm sure that's a kind of right. Operation. You've got to run the car. The question is, do you go to get you know the most probably the most uh, experienced that's in the organization is Junior Motorsports, which Junior Motorsports is co-owned by Rick Hendrick and Justin mm-hmm. Allgaier would be the guy there. I would think they would go. They'd go and get. He would be reasonable, unless it's. Dale Earnhardt Jr., but, uh, you know, in the car. Um, but Martinsville's a tough one just to come out of when you've been sitting there calling TV races. Now, of course, Dale's got – he's already got a job. And he probably yeah. – I'm just guessing. I'm not sure, but don't don't quote me this. He probably doesn't need the money. So, you know, I don't <laughs> think he, I don't think he would, would, uh, would need to get in the car. And well, think- he did He did say this week, though, he was going to be yeah. watching the Xfinity race – extra close in case it looked a little fun and then he was going to maybe contemplate joining in the fun sometime in the next couple of years but i don't think he was very uh, yeah. i was expecting getting in a cup car this weekend by any means no, no, no he did he did announce he's going to run next year one race he's going to run one race and so that uh no you know that'll be interesting everybody gets excited they'll learn here's a you know typical media you know these media types you know hey you oh know, yeah Hart jr's coming back and they sort of said one race. Well, they, they, they sort of. They sort yeah, of right. <laughs> one race. Yeah. Coming back yeah. barely, but yeah, yeah, that's all right. He's gotten, he's gotten permission from the, from, from the boss at home to run one mm-hmm. race, which is exactly how that should work because he's <laughs> looking after his interests. And, and, uh, but it's, for the, it's to help the team. And obviously, if you go out and sell a big sponsorship and they say, can we have Junior in the car? If you put him in the car one race, then he can be your spokesperson, right? Because he's been in the car. And even though he's yep. still the owner, he's, but he's been a driver. And for him, it's got to be fun. Uh, anyway, so Martinsville, and I hate that for I hate that for William Byron uh, and his teammates. Uh, that I don't know what that does going forward in terms of. I guess probably they can do multiple tests. They can do the Nick Saban kind of multiple tests over a period of three or four days and get them cleared to go to Phoenix next week. But uh, very interesting, and 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 I hope that's all we hear about. I hope that's the only, mm-hmm. hope that's where it stops because. You know, you mentioned me doing college football. All these teams we talk to, the coaches we talk to today and talk tomorrow, they say they don't know if even they're going to be there on Saturday or their players are going to be there until they get that test back. The test comes back right before they get on the charter plane. And um, and one game I did this year, Virginia Tech game, uh, the test didn't come back till 9.30 and on Friday night, and they were already in, on, you know, in Chapel Hill to play North Carolina. And they had to put two players – uh, they had a car server standing by. They had to put two players that were tested positive uh, in wow. the car and drive them back to uh, to Blacksburg, Virginia. Uh, so this 2020 COVID, uh, boy, it's just tough. But I, hopefully everybody that's test positive will, will, will get through this in a few days and be fine physically and medically. It isn't important who drives the car or what happens. The important part is those they get through it and they and they uh, they do fine, you know, from a physical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Wow. Heck. Heck of a week for Hendrick, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah really. Yeah. 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 Okay. Hey, well, if I was if I was Rick, I'd say, hey, hey, Jimmy, for France. Hey, uh, this is Rick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about my boy Kyle. Uh, yeah. Hey, man. How's I'm about yeah. bending a rule here and there? Yeah. But, I don't but, know but, about that one. Well, and then again, you've already got Justin Algar sitting there, for, and Justin will have been on the track the day before already right. in the car. So hey, you know. Justin might win them both. Hey, for real. Yeah, you think if Justin pulls off that win on Saturday, they're sure as heck going to throw him in the car on Sunday. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. 
All right. Well, anyways, that was a little breaking news break, everyone. Back to your back to your regularly scheduled programming of the podcast. Well, Dad, that story that you told about um, Hendrick and you know going to Martinsville with one last shot is appropriate since we're going to Martinsville this weekend. And I mentioned it is the final cutoff for all three series. I don't know if you can hear the rustling next to me, but this is <laughs> so is uh, my dog is sorting my laundry for me. I yeah, had it yeah. sorted my myself but he decided to do that again for me so why well, not just a, uh hello so <laughs> yeah wasn't that nice of him do you want to make your podcast debut we're just yeah. getting everybody all up in here yeah they're live from the beanbag studios at hoppy Good <laughs> productions it's esso sorting it's laundry so pup here he <laughs> yeah. is yeah, yeah we'll see if he wants to stay here and yeah. hang out with me but anyways as i was saying before i was so rudely interrupted uh it is the final cutoff for all three series so still a lot of uh championship spots up for grabs in all each of the series um but i think the biggest thing to note heading into the weekend is that we're going to see xfinity cars on the track wow. in martinsville for the first time since 2006 now i read on nascar.com they had it quoted uh somebody quoted martinsville as the most underrated challenge on the xfinity series schedule this season and i thought that was interesting because i'm like okay well we're looking at a schedule that has the indy road course and the daytona road course and um so that's not to say that martinsville isn't going to be a challenge but is that truly an accurate statement am i underestimating how challenging martinsville is going to be for these guys not at all not at all jesse you there's no place to hide uh brakes are your friend Bumpers are your friend. Fenders, you better keep them off the tires. Um, you got to find a way not to be caught up in someone else's anger or wreck. Uh, you, um, you either got to stay out front or find a place to ride and hide. And this Martinsville, <laughs> Martinsville philosophy for the guys that are in the, in the playoffs or, or want to stay in the playoffs may be a matter of, of just finding a place 7th, 10th, 12th, 13th, whatever, and just trying to find an opening and stay out of trouble. You can get easily get boxed in on pit road. You can get hit on pit road. Uh, qualifying is crucial for at Martinsville because that very first pit stall is a tremendous advantage. You come down, I mean, they could have me and you changing tires, Jesse, and they could still beat everybody off pit road because of where you are on pit road if you're the first guy in that first pit stall. So um, that, I mean, that starts, I should say starting position is important because you get. Right. I understood you. Stall. Yeah. You know, so many things can happen that you can't control. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, the paper clip, you know, long straightaways, tight turns, uh, you don't want to overheat the brakes. Uh, you don't want to cut a tire. You don't want to bounce off the curb, you know, and cut a tire, bounce off someone else and cut a valve. There's all kinds of things can happen and it's hard. It's a lot, of, it can be a mentally and physically demanding this weekend for those that those interesting part is that those that are in, still in the playoffs, you know, are going to be like chewing their fingernails off. And those that aren't are going to be saying, ha, I got you now. Right? I can lean on you. I can come right up and try to rub you. You got to get out of my way because if you don't, you're, you're going to, you're going to cut a tire. So, Hey, you're mine. Um, and so I think that's interesting. And, and we're going to find out it's the last chance of the year to uh, pay someone back if they've made you angry or they've been, they've been uh, less than nice during the year. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you said it right there, especially coming off this weekend at Texas. We saw um, many instances of just blatant anger on the racetrack. Some, yep, yep. Uh, you know, some, some moves that just were clearly, I mean, 
in my opinion, uncalled for. But if you're ever going to find a time to get back at somebody, it might be this weekend in Martinsville. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, going with the Xfinity series being, you know, being in Martinsville, I think we're looking at the aggression that we've seen all season long in the Xfinity series. We're looking at three spots still open in the playoffs in the, in the championship four. And with the composite body cars, I think that they're going to have a good time being able to realize how much room they have to kind of, beat and bang for lack of a better word yeah oh and see and now siri wants to be a part of the podcast today she just uh interrupted me i must have said something that triggered my siri to want to talk everybody just wants to be on yeah, the show this yeah, week clearly yeah exactly yeah anyways you know what i mean xfinity series is going to be awesome this weekend in martinsville that's basically what i'm trying to say <laughs> yeah it's going to be it's going to be and uh it's going to be interesting to see do you have a guess on who uh who comes out of martinsville in the xfinity series Oh gosh, see that's so that's so tough. I don't know. I really think it's just going to be whoever's willing to go out there and well obviously like you said track position is important because getting not not getting caught up in something is important, but I also think uh being equally as cautiously aggressive is important. So, I don't know. If I'm going to take a hot take, I could definitely maybe see a guy like Ross Chastain go out there and do pretty well. Uh, he's yep. not necessarily like a short track guy, but he's sitting at sixth right now in the playoff standings. He's 15 below the cut line and he's always looking to prove himself and he's definitely aggressive. So uh, it's kind of, I don't know. That's just kind of my hot take, but I could see Chastain doing well. Yep. I could see Justin Allgaier in a, go up there and run really, really well because he's smart enough and he's experienced enough and he's been there in the cup car uh, and he understands those heavy cars. He understands how to manage the throttle coming off the corner. It isn't about horsepower. It's about easing in and easing out of that throttle and taking care of the brakes. I could see he's not as aggressive probably as other drivers because he's been there a while and he understands you don't have to be. But I could see Justin Allgaier uh, going up there and, 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 being, and coming away with a win. I agree. I definitely could see, could see Allgaier doing well this weekend. And as we know, Allgaier does – great at phoenix so he's definitely looking to uh lock himself in there for sure he's sitting third though right now so nobody's safe but he's he's doing okay Yeah. yeah and then i'm looking at the cup series points right now um very very interesting i mean again nobody's safe but as far as the cut line goes bowman is is 25 below and so is chase elliott and then Kislowski's 25 above. So that's kind of what you're looking at. But then again, Hamlin's only 27 above. So a uh, decent gap, but at Martinsville, really anything can happen. Yeah. One mechanical failure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one, one broken something. You remember what happened to Kurt Busch, you know, a couple weeks ago when the engine let go and he probably had a broke up valve spring and then lost, dropped a valve. Um, that's all it takes. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of teams, when they get to this time of the year, you know, in the chase with the race so to go, you just got to be able to get a good finish but not a great finish. They'll detune the engines a little bit. They'll t- take the timing out of them, detune them so they're not turning as many RPMs. And at Martinsville, you don't have to have, you know, horsepower. It's about stamina. Right. And you just got to be good with the brakes and make sure that you don't leave anything. You don't make any mistakes in terms of leaving anything disconnected or, uh, or uh, you make a mistake, you know, uh, something that's going to haunt you for, in preparation for the race. So I think that, you know, these, these teams will be, will be cool. Um, you know, but you know, I could, I could see, I could see the cup race. Well, I mean, I can say this because I'm not, I'm not really pulling for, I'm not showing any favorites, but the two guys that aren't going to be back next year, you know, if one of those two would win, you know, Clint Boyer mm-hmm. or Jimmy Johnson, now Jimmy, 
Martinsville was his playground for a lot of those years. But seeing Jimmy maybe pick up a win at Martinsville, how cool would that be? Or Clint Boyer. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Get that grandfather clock. He, he, uh, you know, that would be awesome. To the booth with him, you know, at Fox every week, probably. But yeah, I, I just, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Is that He'll your take wife? it with him. That's a loud style. That's a loud wristwatch you got, Clint. Oh, that's my grandfather clock. I just brought that in this morning. Uh, yeah, that, uh, it would, that would be cool. That would be awfully cool. And, you know, Brad Kay is a good short track racer. Uh, so, yeah, and, and, uh, that's Don't count be... out Martin Truex Jr. I mean, he's got oh, a win yeah. at Martinsville, oh. and he's still um, what is he seventh right now in the playoff standings? So yeah. he'd be looking to to pull something off this weekend. Yeah, never never count those guys. I think I think it's just taking it interesting. It's fun. I think it's gonna be fun to watch. Um, and all it takes is you know somebody taking somebody out, and and then suddenly it's just gonna be a chain reaction. You know, like mm -hmm. okay. You've ruined my day, and now my season's over. <laughs> but hey, guess what? Yeah, I'm NASCAR, but you know, you need to get those get those cameras out there and be able to watch a lot of what's happening. You know, so um, I think that'll be interesting. And you know, so hard to believe that we're where 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 we are, Martinsville Speedway. Uh, you know, hot dog capital of of, of mm. NASCAR. You know, lo love them. I'm, I I, you know, I, I have a lot of faults, and uh, one of them is the fact that I love hot dogs. And yes, last time, a lot last, of thoughts on hot dogs. Yeah, and I, last time we um, we raced there for ESPN, my last race after all these years, uh, I asked my my pit my pit assistant, pit spotter, and longtime friend John Gelzer, who still works. I think he works for Fox and NBC. But I said, John, while I change out of my fire suit, can I can, could you do me a favor? Would you go to the concession stand and get me just a bag of like three or four hot dogs? Because I got a four hour drive back to Tennessee. And John looked at me like, you got to be kidding me. You're going to eat four hot dogs <laughs> and then get in a car and drive four hours to Tennessee. I said, I said yep, yep, I'm going to do that. My tribute to Martinsville. Uh, I'm not saying I won't be stopping a few times, but that's okay. Uh, but, but that, you know, uh, and he did that. Matter of fact, I just remembered I haven't paid him for those hot dogs yet. And that oh. was years ago. So I need, I need to probably send him a send Yeah, him shoot a him a Venmo. <laughs> a Venmo, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but but um, I will say this, Martinsville, before they put the tunnel in, I want to tell this story. Before they put the tunnel in, you know, every driver inside had to walk across the racetrack there in turn four. And you walked across, they opened the gates, and the fans would just stand 20 deep out there waiting for their favorite drivers to come across, which is cool. But, you know, in, at most tracks, at almost all the tracks, the drivers, you know, after a race, didn't mind signing autographs for a few fans, but it wasn't just a few fans here. The grandstands would empty and there'd be thousands of them standing out there. So a driver, and I think the driver has been in a car for three, three and a half to four hours, you know, on a very demanding short track. And oh, they're yeah. worn out. They're worn out. They're exhausted. Now they got to come out there and stand for an hour and sign autographs. Now NASCAR drivers are great. So, uh, but, but how do you, how do you get through all that crowd? Well, Mark Martin, one eventually time, you got to go home. Eventually yeah. you got to go, but you don't want to make anybody mad. So how do you get, exactly. how do you get, yeah. So Mark Martin one time said, I got, I got a deal. So when the race was over, he went in his hauler, he put on a pair of cutoff jeans and, 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 uh, and sneakers. Uh, he had a, he had a Dale Earnhardt t-shirt, an old torn Dale Earnhardt t-shirt. He put a racing cap on. He got a cooler. He got one of those little coolers you buy, like at uh, a little Walmart styrofoam. Yeah. He got that cooler, and he goes out there with that hat pulled down and sunglasses, and that and that goes cut off jeans and that t-shirt. He's swinging that cooler. He goes right across the track, and we're right behind him. We're watching this. We want. I want to see this. And we're right, and he walks right through all those people. They just because they're all looking for the driver. There's got to be some drivers oh, yeah. coming. Here's the guy that led most of the race and finished second today. Just, just, just swinging his cooler, saying, "I'm coming through," you know. And Mark, yep. you know, 
and and no one recognized him. And we laughed so hard, to, you know. But he, he, not that Mark didn't want to sign autographs, but you're exhausted. So, and it was sort of right. someone sort of said that that'll never work. Well, it did. He walked right through all those masses of people and got in his car and went home. So, uh, yeah. Now they got a tunnel, so you can get out. It's a little mm. easier, but still. And uh, uh, you, but but that access to the fast car is what made the sport what it is today. You know, he's being able to get to the fans and the fans to the drivers. So they weren't trying to dodge them. They just didn't want to have to sign thousands of autographs. Right. They just were tired and needed to go home at some point. Right. Yeah. Exactly. No, I love, I just love that story. Cause I just, the, the visual of, of Mark Martin just <laughs> swinging a styrofoam cooler, wearing some cutoff jeans, just strolling out of Martinsville. Yeah. I, I don't blame him by any means. That's awesome. Yeah, but I don't know if it'll work for some of those guys. I don't think I don't think Adele Earnhardt would have pulled that off. He would have had those gargoyles on and the hat, you know, and the and the mm -hmm. cowboy boots. You you weren't gonna mistake him for any that anybody. mustache. Yeah, no, he wasn't gonna. No, no, no. Some of the guys maybe could have, but you know, and Martin pulled it off. He did. Well, I. I'm very excited to go to Martinsville this weekend because as we've established, it's an awesome track to begin with. It holds a lot of history. Um, but on top of all of that, cutoff race, Halloween weekend, it's going to oh, be yeah. really, really good one. I am so excited. And there's a full moon on Saturday night, I guess. Do you really? know that? Full moon on Halloween for the first time since like 1940-something. So isn't that the most 2020 thing yeah. you've ever heard? Uh, are you kidding me? That, how appropriate is that for a full moon? Yeah, on right. And you are, people may not know, you are a Halloween girl. You love <laughs> Halloween. Not I just do. the candy. You love Halloween. You love dressing up and, and, and the costume things. And you are, that's always one of your favorite mm. holidays. That is my holiday. I'm excited. I, I love the candy though, too. I mean, I very yeah, much love yeah, exactly. that part as well. Yeah. yeah. No, it's going to be great. So I am very excited about this weekend, Dad. Awesome episode. Thanks for joining me. You have a busy weekend. Before we go, where are you going to be? I am in. I am doing a college football game Saturday at noon. It's uh, uh, Kansas State uh, versus West Virginia. So I'll be in Morgantown, West Virginia, for the Mountaineers and the Wildcats. Uh, good football game. It was a great one. Went down to the wire last year. Kansas State has only one loss this year. They're unbeaten in the Big Twelve, and and uh, West Virginia is playing better and better. So I'll be I'll be tied up for a little while on Saturday on ESPN, ESPN2 actually. And then I will uh, uh, get back to the hotel and be able to watch some college football and some auto race, some racing uh, from Martinsville and then uh, watch it on Sunday. Awesome. Well, I'll be watching for you. You guys at home should watch for him too. Oh, by the way, before we go, let me just say this. Los Angeles Dodgers won the yep. World Series for the they first did. time since 1988. Now I've been a Dodger fan for all my <laughs> life. And how about this? The MVP for the LA Dodgers was Corey Seager, their shortstop. Now, Corey Seager went to Northwest Cabarrus High School right there in the edge of Concord. And who did he go to high school with? How about one Corey LaJoy and Bubba Wallace? They all went That's to the same awesome. high school. Um, and, and, and Corey Seager goes on from that high school. A couple of guys go on to be pretty good race car drivers, like those guys I just mentioned. <laughs> and then Corey Seager goes on to be the MVP of the World Series for the L.A. Dodgers. How about that? How cool. Wow. Talk about uh, some, some big alumni from that high school. That's yep. really cool to see. Yeah. Happy for the Dodgers, too. That, that post-game celebration, minus all the controversy, obviously, that yeah, surrounded yeah, the, so the COVID fun. test. We don't need to talk about that. But all of the emotion was just uh, incredible to watch. Yeah, I was I was happy for them. Happy for them. Tampa, Tampa. I mean, they played well, but the Dodgers were the, were the best team in Major League Baseball this year, and uh, they've struggled in the playoffs in the World Series the last few years. They've been able to haven't been able to get there, and this year they finally pulled it off.
yeah, I was, I was happy for him. So, all right, dad, with that, that is episode 25 of rolling with the punches 25 down. Holy cow. We are just rolling through these things, if you will. (laughs) Um, all right, guys, before we go, please be sure to like subscribe, follow us, you know, comment. I don't know all that stuff that you do when you listen to podcasts or Or if you want to see us, you could sponsor it. How about rolling M and M's with the punches? (laughs) Hey, (laughs) you know what? And we will eat as many M and M's as you want us to eat. So, um, yeah, exactly. That's the kind of commitment you get with us. Twist my arm. Will you? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) truly. We are those kind of people. So hard workers indeed. Uh, but yes, if you also want to watch us, you can see our smiling faces every week on YouTube. So go check that out. Um, Dad, thank you for doing this. Mom, thank you for listening each week. We love you. And Dad, good luck this weekend on the sidelines. And I love you too. I love you, sweetie. Have a great weekend. We can't wait for Martinsville. And then we got championship week. How's that? Oh, I can't wait. Woo! Woo! (laughs) I'm excited. I'm excited. (laughs) Love you, darling. Love you too.